Rockford Youth in Action, what is your guys' mission statement? Uh, Rockford Youth in Action functions as a bridge between our community and those entrusted positions of authority. By doing so, our goal is to eliminate the pandemic that is social injustice, racism, and hate in our city. We, be we believe sorry, the path towards change involves the building of relationships and collaborative efforts and understanding of all in order to ensure that we all prosper together. And if you had to put that in a nutshell for us. If I could put that in a nutshell, um, it's kind of been the, the, the thing that I've been saying uh, for, for a few weeks now. The only way out of this is through, and the only way through is together. Mm -hmm. Would you like to add to that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, we do believe in working together. Um, in even very difficult conditions because we understand that when people uh, try to solve issues as like as a group compared to like small groups like as one group there'll be more effect more than just a small number of people doing it and I know there's a lot of history um, if I put that statement but also there's like a lot of proof that have proven to um, in the planet that if people come together and do things together, things can get accomplished as fast compared to just small people trying to do something. Okay, thank you for that. May 30th Alliance, what is your guys' mission statement? The May 30th Alliance was formed in response to the violation of the human rights of over 100 people on May 30th, 2020 by the Rockford Police Department and the Winnebago County Sheriff's Department. We are a direct action group made up of activists committed to the elimination of exploitation, persecution, and oppression in the Winnebago County area. Uh, and to sort of sum that up in something that's not a, a prepared statement, uh, the May 30th Alliance was put together uh, directly after the events that took place on May 30th. Uh, one of the things that is at the utmost of our priorities is being a a direct action group that advocates on the side of protesters and on the side of demonstrators. One of the reasons that we've continued to be out in the streets uh, in such a, in the manner that we have is because of the violation of human rights that have continued to happen to people that's protesting, the people that's demonstrating. And then on the side of that, the people that's in the city protesting and demonstrating in Rockford have been protesting and demonstrating based off of the conditions that specifically minorities uh, in the city have to deal with, but also uh, in general conditions that people in uh, low-income areas and impoverished areas have to deal with. And a lot of those issues uh, stem with uh, the police department and the Winnebago County Sheriff's Department and with the Winnebago County Jail. So all in all, uh, we, are, uh, we advocate on behalf of protesters and demonstrators, and the majority of the protesters and demonstrators in Rockford, Illinois, have been protesting and demonstrating about the injustices done to minority communities. So, so let me ask uh, Rafa Youth in Action. After hearing the, uh, well, after let me ask both. After hearing each other's mission statements, where would you say that your organization agrees with uh, the May 30th Alliance and vice versa? Right. So, <clears throat> sorry. Um, on a personal note, if I can, if I can answer it that way. On a personal note. Um, I agree with everything that um, the May 30th Alliance, um, I, I agree with everything that, that they've been doing. The only thing that I would say that I'm 
opposed to is some of their demonstrations that have uh, maybe uh, turn turn more turn more more violent um, as opposed to others, uh, especially where it came off. Because I I can't speak for everybody, and I definitely don't want to, you know, uh, uh, talk about the intentions of other people. But uh, like those those situations um, that came off as if. Uh, it was the people that were being antagonistic and, and, and stuff like that. Those those are the only things that I can't agree with. But uh, from a group's pers- from a from an organization or a group's perspective, um, well, actually, no, I, I think it's the same thing on a personal note and and in terms of the organization. Yeah, I do, I do, I do like um, what Leslie said. I do respect it too. Oh, all right, I do respect it too. But the only thing that I don't agree with is um, um, how they conduct, how they use their tactics. I don't like the tactics because I'm like, if I am, um, if I am in charge of my protesters and we're trying to fight for, for what we want, I will con- try and control them and make them un- understand that this is us and whatever we portray in the public will define who we are. And there's a lot of problems that people face, or oh, even that people are facing, and we cannot use fire with fire. We cannot use threats, you know. At some point, I, I, I felt like there were some threats, you know. And now, just to be clear, you're saying threats made on behalf of the May 30th Alliance to whom? Probably to the city officials. Because I always say that everybody is hum- everybody um, is hum- uh, everybody is a, hu- is a human being. I'm sorry, I, I have to pause the interview just for a moment. Hi. Yeah, hello. I'm so sorry. I am a friend of all these guys, and I was going to come and document, photo document, but I couldn't find it here. So, if is it is it hard that I'm here? Or are you uh, are you what publication are you? With? Well, normally I shoot for the Register Star, but I'm not on assignment. I just kind of did it because I know all three of these guys. I wanted to be like a support. I, well, I'll, let me talk. Guest, are you all okay with this? I'm okay with it. I'm good. All okay with yeah. it. Yeah. I thought it was such a historic no. moment <clears throat> that I wanted to capture for them. You know, this because to me, I like think this is so cool. Okay. Thank you so much. Sorry. Yeah. So uh, I I was at the threats point, like you know, uh, if you don't do this, we'll come to your house and protest and do stuff like this. And I did not like it. And um, the same thing applies to the city. They've been doing some bad things to the demonstrators. And that fine line where people don't understand each other, that's where we fit. We were like, we were like, you know what? There's a problem. And if you guys keep on flexing muscles towards each other, we will never go anywhere. Because I always say that. Uh, May 30 Alliance will go out on the street every day, uh, every weekend, and do their things. And the police will do their things every Friday. How how long are we going to do that? We have to do something, you know. Okay. Yeah. And I will give you a chance right. to uh, go ahead and tour. Uh, and then I think I'll, I'll well first I'll respond more directly to the statements that they said, and then I'll you know double back and respond to the uh, overall of uh, the things I agree with or disagree with in their. Uh, in their uh, mission statement. Uh, I think that overall, uh, just directly to respond to directly what was just said, uh, the only only kind of uh, uh, violence or only kind of uh, 
destruction of property. The only kind of only thing that could uh, have had any type of a, a negative light as far as the actions outside of the protest that took place were some of the things that took place on uh, May 30th. And I think that it's important, especially for people who maybe weren't there for the entirety of uh, May 30th outside of District 1 to understand that uh, one of the things that happened, especially with protest in general, uh, when people gather together for protest and then uh, the police department or the Winnebago County Sheriff Department takes it on themselves to violate those people's human rights, to assault those people, to pepper spray, tear gas, to hit people with batons, to tase people. What happens is people, uh, it's a, a normal uh, reaction to want once you feel like something has been done wrong to you, to want that wrong, to do that wrong back to somebody or to feel like if you get hit, you know, you want to respond back by hitting somebody. The concept of an eye for eye or a tooth for a tooth. And uh, it's impossible when you're in a situation like they were at District 1 to assault the police officer back or to it's, nobody had baton so once they get hit with a baton from the police officer it's no way to hit that police officer back with a baton or once they get tased it's no way to tase that police officer back uh and so one of the things that happened is as the protests uh as the violence was uh done to the protesters and done to the demonstrators and then as they were pushed out of that area a lot of people who had harm done to them who felt like they had no recourse to get justice for that harm that was done to them uh, went into damaging property or went into uh, looting things or went into what people deem as rioting and I think it's important especially with all of these issues to speak on the root of the issue before you get to uh, the some of the branches that have come out the issues and the root of the issue is that if the police department and the Winnebago County Sheriff's Department would have handled the people outside of District 1 differently that day, uh, May 30th wouldn't have turned into what May 30th turned into. And so I think that you do an injustice to not only the, uh, the, the protesters who are out there, but you also do an injustice to the police department uh, if you don't mention that there were things that happened that led to people rioting and people looting and people uh, breaking into stores and things like that. I think you also, you do an injustice to the police department because then if you don't highlight the the mistakes that they made on that day, then the next time somebody gets killed and it's a big protest, we're gonna have these same issues happening again. I think that that's one of the things that we've uh, witnessed at City Market is that if on May 30th, uh, the findings that the investigation at the police department had into themselves, if it would have been some kind of genuine findings to come out of that, if it would have been some kind of uh, genuine justice to come out of that, that some of these police officers who have been using those same Gestapo tactics at City Market, they will feel less emboldened to use some of those tactics. Uh, so I think that is very important that uh, as we speak on uh, looting or if we speak on rioting or if we speak on to any kind of violence that people felt like happened on May 30th that they disagree with, that we also speak on the other half of that. And the other half of that is the Rockford Police Department pushing women to the ground. The other half of that is the Rockford Police Department hitting people with batons. The other half of that is the Rockford Police Department pepper spraying people. All of these things before they give in order to uh, uh, in order to leave, in order that is a, an unlawful assembly order. Uh, they did all of those things out of out of order they didn't do, do those things in the legal manner they didn't give people the just amount of time to leave and those things led to people having very specific emotions that they went and they then uh, 
let those emotions out in ways that may not have been the most productive ways. But also, uh, you know, not to not to you know be long winded, but also on behalf of that, if those people didn't do those things that they did on May thirtieth, none of us would be sitting up here. Uh, there would be no uh, meetings that people would be having to That's try true. to get things fixed in the city. Uh, the really amount of uh, uh, eyes that have been put onto some of these social justice issues that people are talking about, those things would never happen. You know, that uh, that press conference didn't, every press conference that has ever taken place in Rockford has taken place after arrest or has taken place after some kind of unrest. It hasn't taken place after what some people may deem a peaceful protest. So some of those people who did those things, do I agree with those specific tactics of uh, of breaking into stores and burning things and stealing things. No, I don't agree with those specific tactics as it is for myself, but I would be doing a disservice to those tactics and to those things that happen if I didn't make note that it, without those things happening, I, there'd be no May 30th Alliance. There'd be no City Market Fridays. None of those protests would happen. And then, so on behalf of on behalf of saying that, I feel like that sort of touches on the disagreement in tactics and the disagreement in things that happen. Uh, I agree with uh, uh, I agree with in theory everything that they said about their uh, their mission statement. I think that in a perfect world, uh, it would be uh, amazing to be able to sit down with uh, elected officials and city officials and to try to bridge that gap. In a perfect world, it would it would uh, be good to sit down with the police department or the police chief or something like that or police lieutenants and try to bridge those gaps. However, we don't live in a perfect world, and in the world that I'm uh, currently in and the space that I'm currently taking up uh, on Fridays, uh, the police department are assaulting people and are violating people's human rights, and that comes from somewhere. I, uh, in the world that I live in, I've been at this ex excessive force meeting and I listen to the chief of police address people as animals. Uh, in the world that I live in, I've watched these, uh, I've watched the state's attorney and the mayor do a press conference in which they say that they support peaceful protesters days before they arrested people for walking on a, a crosswalk, which may be the most peaceful protest to ever take place in American history. So in a perfect world, yes, I would love to be able to sit down with some of these people. But in the world and in the space in which we occupy now, some of these people are hypocrites. They have hypocritical stances. They say one thing and then they they act on another. And so, in the in the service of the people that I'm working with, and the protesters and the demonstrators, uh, I can't sit down in good faith with any of these people when I know that they're that they that they're saying one thing on my, on Thursday or Wednesday, and then their police department is doing something different on Friday. All right, uh, Robert, you can ask him. Would you like to respond? No, I mean to be honest, he pretty much he pretty much summed everything up um, as and and was as real as you can get. You know, without without you know the the events that happened on May 30th, and you know obviously we can sit and we can go back and forth about perspectives, and you know everybody was in different places and doing different things, and everybody saw things you know a certain way. Um, but the, the the truth of the matter is, it doesn't really matter how you cut it. At the end of the day, we wouldn't be here if May 30th didn't happen. You know what I mean? So let's talk. Uh, did you want to say something, brother? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, my main <laughs> my main concern is that I know that was very bad. Everybody should be treated with dignity. That's the first thing. Every human being, you know. And mostly, as I stand here, I'll say like. When George Floyd was killed, everybody was angry. In the whole country, not only in the whole country, we also had a protest in Kenya, in my country. We had a protest in London. Can you imagine? Like, it was everywhere. 
but now it was getting into a point where and don't misquote me i'm just gonna say it. there's some people who were going doing it in an extreme way we saw it and um i was telling you say that because we don't like to tiptoe and dance around yeah like I, I was so telling are you saying like the rioting and the looting yes okay. yes that was very bad because we had people who uh went out with intentions of doing other things you know and some of them are not even supporting the black lives matter movement some of them are just out there to pass time and do something some of them were jobless they want to do something and you know we were afraid of that and we know we, we didn't want that to happen honestly Mostly. Why is that always the narrative? Why is the narrative that the people that are rob, uh, protesting and looting don't have jobs? No, well, let me let me be honest with you. If you have a, if you really have like um, a very dignified mind, you will never want to hurt your neighbor. Think about this. I know this. Let's say he he has a business downtown. If I'm passing, if I'm passing through uh, the street where he has a business, I will never think of taking his business his business down because the mayor did something to me you know the mayor lives in his own mansion whatever but this man wakes up every day in the morning he goes to his job to make a living you know so that's that's how I was, I was looking at it and yeah and some people are not even supporting black people they were out there to just start something so that they can see they can have fun well, yeah, you know that's kind of, that kind of ha happens in a riot. Yes, so when, when chaos and because that's a word that you guys like to use. That's a chaos. It's, it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's like unnecessary chaos. It's the per. It's, it's um, so if I can, <clears throat> if I can say, if I can say this, because I mean, even and and that's this is why I appreciate Blazy so much because even in times where we agree or we disagree with each other, we still learn. Yes, you know what I mean. So so. Uh, as it relates to, you know, and again, that's, that's, it goes back to what I was saying about, you know, perspective and, and the way that uh, we interpret or view things. You know, some, I, I will say, but I can't speak for everybody. You know what I'm saying? There are people who I believe showed up for the madness. You know what I mean? Because, and I'm pretty sure that Leslie may agree, he may not, but as it relates to May 30th, just in general, I haven't seen anything like that. And 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 I'm talking about just just there there being a bunch of people in one place at one time and it being diverse. Um I haven't seen anything like that in a long time that wasn't related to the 4th of July or the waterfront. You know what I'm saying? More so that anything more traditional. More traditional. So 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 first and foremost seeing that it, it made me it made me feel good because it's like, okay, here we are, and this is what kind of got the ball rolling, if if you will. Here we are fighting for an issue together as as a people. Not it's not just a bunch of black people out here, it's not just a bunch of white people out here. It was diverse on May 30th. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And and so I and and I'm speaking for myself here and I am putting myself out there. I was not happy with the way that turns thing I was not happy with the way that things turned out from my perspective. Uh -huh, on May you're talking about on, May 30th, yeah, on May 30th because because from from where I was and again I'm speaking for me. I can't speak for everybody else. From where I was standing we had the we had the protest, 
We had the march. We had people share their stories. We had, you know what I'm saying, people share their experiences or, you know, even even talk about the 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 injustice that they've witnessed uh, as it relates to the police department or, or the community or even people just up there standing in solidarity for George Floyd. I felt like that was that was amazing. And the march. Come on now. Like we were together, but it was ruined it was ruined and maybe this is my fault i didn't I, I didn't see it but people what i saw is people destroying property before there was any um and that's why i said antagonistic because there was i perceived there to be and i saw people destroying property and vandalizing the the police precinct before the police had came out and asserted themselves to be the aggressor. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so I can I respond to that before yeah, you only see something? Uh, and then I think that I think that that's another thing that's very uh, important to touch on as we uh, especially as multiple, especially as people, as these things continue to grow and more protests uh, continue to happen and demonstrations continue to happen, I think that is very important that we speak on, uh, again, some of the causes and the roots of, of, the, of these issues. Uh, I think one of the things that has consistently been an issue for black people in America is the concept that property is more important than people. Uh, or the concept that destruction of property is equal to the assault uh, of uh, on a person's uh, body. Uh, I think that that's specifically some of these things you have to trace back to. I'm, I'm heavy. I'm a heavy believer on things being passed down through generations. Uh, I'm a heavy believer on the, the concept of generational trauma. And no, I think absolutely. that uh, it's no uh, group of people in America who have had to deal, deal with generational trauma as much as black people have had to deal with generational trauma. Thanks. So I think that when people speak on the, the destruction of property, I think that it, uh, it, uh, it attacks black people in two different ways. I think it attacks black people in the sense of uh, before we were ever considered people, we were considered property. Right. And uh, as property, we were vandalized, we were assaulted, we were beaten, we were broken. So we never had any kind of, it was no respect. When we were property, it was never any respect of us as property. Uh, as we went through history and we went through time in America and we elevated ourselves to not being uh, deemed as property or being perceived as property. And we started to try to, to assert ourselves to be people and to be citizens in this country. One of the things that has consistently happened to us is that we have been told that our life is not uh, as valuable as property is. Uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of white children who will never get killed for spray painting a building. Uh, it's black children who have been killed for spray painting buildings. It's a lot of white people who will never have to worry about getting beat or get assaulted or getting uh, tased uh, because they're uh, breaking into a store because they throw a brick or something like that at a store, as opposed to a black, young black man who that brick will be considered a deadly weapon. He could get killed for throwing that brick into the store or he could get killed for spray painting the side of that building. And so I think that uh, specifically for black people, uh, it's, it's triggering when uh, somebody brings up the destruction of property being... Uh, a justification for the assault of somebody uh, to going forward, and I think that one of the things that should also uh, take place, I want that should also be mentioned, if I can uh, try to tie in the vandalizing of 
some of the District 1 property into uh, something that Blazy said before about walking past somebody's building. Uh, if I live in a, a neighborhood that's predominantly black, uh, I live in a neighborhood that's predominantly low income, uh, and then I walk by stores every day that are owned by people who are black, who are owned by people who are predominantly from low income, and they charge me 50 cents more for something at this store than I would get on the white side of town, or they charge me 60 cents more for something inside of this store than I would get inside of a Walmart. Or when I go into that store, uh, I get uh, the black people in the store get followed around or they get treated as if they're criminals before they even buy something inside of the store. And then again, that same person who owns this store, who treats these black people this way, who exploits them uh, economically this way, he's not black. He doesn't look like them. He doesn't employ people that look like them. And then when these black people in this neighborhood spend all of this money inside of this store, he takes that money across uh, the other side of town or he takes that money into a different Different city or he takes that money into a different county and then he doesn't put money back into that area he doesn't put money back into that city he doesn't put money back into that community then when things happen such as what happened on May 30th when you walk by that store you don't see that you don't see that store as being owned by somebody who's your brother or you don't see that store being owned by somebody who cares about the best interests of you and your people you see that store is being owned by somebody who's exploitative it's owned by somebody who's oppressive and so then when uh you know, part of my friends, but when the revolution starts, that's where you hit first. You know, that's the play. You don't have any kind of sympathy. You don't have any kind of mercy because whereas the sympathy when you, for the past five years of your life, you spend an extra $500 buying something here that you wouldn't have spent buying it on the white side of town or where's the, uh, where was, where was, where was this person as your brother or where was this person as, you know, one of your people or somebody in your community when he was antagonizing your cousin or your sister that was walking around the store and treating them like they was going to steal something. And then that goes all the way back to the concept of uh, things, the vandalizing of District 1. All the police districts in this city are next to, are next to projects, are next to uh, project buildings that predominantly house minorities and people from low incomes. That's not a coincidence. They put those things there and they treat they treat those areas as if they are an occupying army. They treat those areas like a police state. Uh, driving down in those areas, you can get pulled over for just the color that you are and the car that you're in. Not because you ran a stop sign or not because you're speeding, but because of the color that you are and because of the car that you're in and the neighborhood that you're in. And so the damage, the psychological damage that the police district one has done to the people that live behind police district one is way more than people could ever do by spray painting it or tearing the letters down or tearing the emblem down or even throwing rocks at the building. The psychological damage that those that those teenagers that have to grow up in fairgrounds have to deal with is way more than any spray paint or any rock could ever, you know, could ever uh, equal up to. And so it's important when people come out and it's important that we don't uh, cast May 30th as a George Floyd protest. It's important that George Floyd was the catalyst for it, but people went out there to protest about Mark Barmore, to right. protest about Jovan, to protest <clears throat> about a, a list of names that I can't even remember offhand because the stories that's within Rockford don't get as much publication as the stories that's without of Rockford. Yeah. And so what happened was people who have dealt with the Rockford Police Department assaulted them. Uh, it's a known, it's a, a statistic that came out just recently that if you're black in Rockford, you're three times more likely to get pulled over than if you're white in Rockford. And 
There's 20% of black people in Rockford and there's 60% of white people in Rockford. So that is, you know, those are all the emotions. Those are all the things that are going into people spray painting the side of District mm -hmm. 1, tearing the letters off of the side of District 1, throwing rocks at, this, uh, at the building of District 1. And it's also important that if I'm not a police officer, but I'm a black man and I can understand those things and I can understand those things in a the moment, then it's important that the people who are police in this community need to start understanding those things and need to start understanding some of the damage that they have done. And I don't think that is coincidental that on May 30th, when those things were happening, where things were being spray painted and vandalized, I got you, that, uh, that you know, as those th all of those things were happening, the police department did not <clears throat> rush out then to assault people. They did not take that moment to be when they went to try to arrest their uh, people. They waited for some of the more uh, uh, affluent white people to leave the crowd. They waited for the crowd numbers to get dwindled down more. And they didn't come to arrest the people who spray painted or arrest the people who uh, vandalized the property or arrest the people who threw rocks. They came out and they started to just assault people and grab people people randomly. They didn't go to find the specific people who did those crimes. So I think that it's important to, uh, to also speak on that. Can, can, no, and that's, can and I that, say something about it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, well, I really, really appreciate what he said. And um, he said that that protest was not about George Floyd, which is open. I can accept that. I really, really accept that. And um, the problems with black people in general, not only African-American, but just black-skinned people, started way back during slavery way back hundreds of years back and um according to me st statistically um it has been proven that if you try and teach people they get it more than using force or violence or war or hate or all these things like teaching someone with love works better than just I'm going than just saying that I'm going to come and take you. The same thing that police officers are doing to black people. Like uh, we just uh, realized recently that many officers in Rockford are from small counties where there's there's like less black people. So when they come to Rockford, and then they don't they know nothing about the black culture. They're afraid. They're afraid of they're afraid of of, of their black. own lives. Well, yeah, they're afraid of black people. Yes. And so when they see a black man walking um, on the west side with with dreadlocks and their pants sagged and stuff like that, so they'll be like, yo, this might be a gangster, you know? And at the same time, black people are afraid of a police car. So anytime they see the light, they'll be like, man, I'm going to jail, you know? So that that system kind of keep going like that forever. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the truth. I've lived in other countries. So I'm talking about from experience, not just from books. I've, I've seen what, ha what has happened in, in other countries, you know? In Kenya, we had colonization. It was very rough. We never wanted black, white people there. But we came down and we said, all right, it happened. We don't want it again. We don't want it again. So how are we going to teach ourselves how to love each other, how to listen to each other, how to appreciate each other's culture, how to do those kind of things? And from how, my how, how did y'all do that we we well, just take, take me through the steps so the first thing we had to accept that we had a problem uh -huh. both sides the queen was like yes we did wrong and no, we didn't do it our ancestors came to your land and things are getting messy so what can we do the british said okay we are willing to listen to you and we're willing to um put down our pride 
of being white people and we want to be in, our, in your shoes and we will come to your party we'll do stuff we we'll walk we will we'll work together i know it will take us even 100 years just to get just to get there but i'm telling you kenya was colonized 60 years back but now it's one of the safest countries in africa and one of the richest because of that think about zimbabwe they said no white people it's done go away forever forever and i don't blame them for that because the uh, because colonization kind of messed them up but sometimes teaching people like i think like the planet had to go through that the planet had to go through that for, so us so that people can kind of interact and know different things and overcome it we will always have problems in the planet but how are we going to deal with them are we going to run away from them and america is one of the best countries because nobody wants to admit that there is racism so you know? boom, let me stop you right there mm. so that's the issue right there mm-hmm. so what i i see that the people are going towards the people like oh, let's say the queen they're going to the queen or to the mayor or they're going to the police chief and they're saying these things the problem lies where the authority figure says that they're not doing anything wrong so how do you respond to that um well we've been meeting with the police department and we just don't sit in the house in the room and say okay uh, blah blah this and this no we ask them questions and what what we really what we really focused on right now as rockford youth in action because we know we cannot um deal with like let's say education system in rockford or like um how can we improve the lives of black people in in the on the west side and stuff we are more focused on relationship because i know that at least with at least with the police that, that's we don't have okay when you say a relationship we we cuz there is a relationship yeah so we, no we're, we're so, trying to we're trying to make them understand that black people have their own culture and they have to appreciate that when they see black people walking down with sack, uh, with their pants sagged on doesn't mean that they're just selling drugs that's who they are if they if they see black people like that are loud downtown they're not drunk you know things like that and then also we want black But people don't they have uh, what's the what, what am I looking for culture training 40 hours no no, no. 40 hours no. so look let me be real let me be real with you let me be, and i don't know i don't know how i don't know how um i i, I don't i don't want to get um in trouble or anything for exposing you know cer- certain things but um the one thing that i have learned since having it's funny that you asked that the one thing that i have learned since having these meetings with the rockford police department and us talking to the community um the community service chief the chief of the community service and stuff like that they don't do a lot of training related to culture they do it don't get me wrong they hours. they do it no it's not 40 hours they're they're working on implementing 40 hours worth of training but before they they did it but they it, it wasn't something that was as important let me say it like this culture training is not in the police department as of right now is not something that as that is as important as officer safety but couldn't that but couldn't that be uh taken care of just by simply saying that the police that police Rockford need to live in Rockford you know what and uh, yeah, go ahead go ahead answer this question and I'll, I'll respond Absolutely absolutely so um uh, can you say it again? Couldn't it just be easy to say that the people the people that police Rockford should live in Rockford so that they don't have to have that culture shock. 
coming from Kingston, Illinois, not running into a black person. Now you're running into a bunch of them because you're patrolling down Auburn Street. You know what I'm saying? Now your fear has kicked in. Right. You know what I'm saying? Your fear, you're you're skeptical, your racial profiling all the time. So anytime that you take you mistake an action as something as forceful, you may draw your weapon Mm -hmm. because of the fear. uh, Correct. You you can answer. So yeah. So that can happen, but still we have the river which divides the city. They can live in Rockford, but still there'll be problems. Because if you drive around if you drive around some places in Rockford, it's you'll find places where there's only white people. And those neighborhoods are very rich. And when they see a black man in that area, they look at you. You know? He looks out of place. So yeah, they can still in they can still be in Rockford, but if there is no connection and relationship and trying to know each other and trying to do, trying to kind of um, engage ourselves with each other, nothing will ever happen. So we have to do it physically. We have to attract each other from um, a soul level. Like mm-hmm. it's not about me driving around with you and doing stuff. It's me trusting you. Me trusting you with, with like my car. Hey, you wanna? You can I give you a ride or something like that? So it's way more of just saying a cop will should come and stay in Rockford. So that he can learn things about black people. No, it's about people, not and not Gen- only police officers, white people and black thing. people. Can I say something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then once you say something, I'm gonna ask a different question. Okay. Okay. I think that I think that again, it's important that, and this is one of the things that the uh, the police chief O'Shea, I noticed that he did at the excessive force meeting that uh, I, I was unlawfully uh, kicked out of. The police department have uh, the police department and elected officials. The mayor, mayor Tom McNamara, is good at doing this too. Uh, State's attorney uh, Marilyn Hyde Ross is good at doing this too. They have this way of having a forked tongue in which they say they give you a half truth, and in that half truth, it seems as if it covers the whole con- the whole topic that you're speaking about. But it's not until you you have to like really listen and really and think about some of these things. Uh, it's in 2020, I promise you that in areas like Los Angeles, in areas like uh, New York City, with the, in the boroughs that's there, uh, in areas like uh, uh, Chicago, in places where there is a very strong, predominant Detroit, strong, predominant black culture and a black uh, community, they have done things to make the police department have try to have a better relationship with the black people inside the community. Uh, me and Blazy, me and Blazy can have uh, a negative relationship with each other, right? Uh, but if I know if I hit Blazy or assault Blazy or shoot Blazy, I'm gonna be penalized for it. It's gonna, it's gonna uh, neutralize the fact that we have a negative relationship for it, you know. And so one of the things that we have to be cognizant of when we put too much of an emphasis on. Uh, making a better relationship or doing 40 hours of diversity training or ethnic training or whatever is okay you've done that but is there going to be a consequence for this person if he if he if he assaults somebody okay you've done that will there be a consequence for this person if they falsely arrest somebody okay you've done that will there be a consequence for this person if they murder somebody in the streets because what happens is me and Blazy can be, you can uh, nurture our relationship as much as you want to make us become good friends with each other and best friends with each other. If I think that 
some, if something happens and uh, I have to make a, a, a split second decision and I know that if the split dec second decision negatively affects him and doesn't negatively affect me, nothing is going to happen to me for it. I'm most likely going to make that split second decision that negatively affects him, no matter how well me and him have got to know each other. It's the concept of fight or flight, uh, which is uh, why it's important that as long as just as much as you're doing community relationships and doing uh, having uh, these uh, officers take pictures with kids on bikes and the mayor's talking about uh, having black people call and telling their story and things like that. You have to put in consequences for these police officers no, for violating this trust that they have with the community, because what good does it do for a police officer to hang out with some kid that's 10, 11, 12, 13 years old? And then when he pulls that same kid over when he's 20 years old, and the kid don't feel like being compliant with him and he talking back to him if this police officer pull him out the car and beat the hell out of him you know it's not that don't that no longer matters you know so that's that is you know i'm not that not to say that i'm against you know uh the concept of trying to build a better relationship between black people in the community and police in the police department. But if the police department is, again, it's one of those things in a perfect world, would it be great for black people in the police department for the past 100, 150 years to have a great relationship with each other? Yeah, in a perfect world, that would be great. But in the world in which we occupy right now, you do a disservice to young black children and to young black men by trying to build up this relationship with this police department if that police department is still going to consider them a threat, if that police department is still going to pull them over three times more often than they pull over a white person. And so one of the things that we have to be cognizant of is before we start trying to worry about having uh, a good relationship with the police department or before we start trying to worry about the police the, the police department uh, understanding black people and understanding that a black person in sagging their pants aren't a threat or understand that a black person with dreads or a black person on the west side isn't a threat we have to get to a point that the police department knows that they can't treat people as threats they can't they can't and even if they for some reason do feel this person is a threat they need to have some kind of substantiated proof and evidence and yeah. it's still their job their job their job is not to bring people in dead or alive. They're not uh, in the wild, wild west. Their job is to apprehend people and to bring those people in in one piece and to bring those people in alive and to not assault those people and go beyond what it is that's in their job description. And the issue that we have in Rockford right now is police officers going beyond their job description. On Friday at City Market, it don't matter. Uh, again, I think one of the things that happens is, and I'm I'm a big proponent of this concept, you know, and again, I'll, I'll pass it off after this, but I'm a big proponent of the concept that black people disproportionately, because it's less of us in America, we disproportionately have uh, negative uh, interactions with the police department because black people have been systematically put into low-income neighborhoods and into crime-ridden neighborhoods, into low-income neighborhoods and low-income uh, breeds crime. We have a very specific relationship with the, with, with the police department and with law enforcement and with the judicial branch of America that nobody else has. But numerically, white people, and I've seen this firsthand at City Market, these police officers are violate white people's human rights. They violate Hispanic people's human rights. They violate Asian, uh, Asian Americans' human rights. They violate women's rights. They violate trans rights. So this is not something that we can cast off on the concept that what we're going to do is just have these police officers in Rockford understand black people better. These police officers in Rockford, as much as they need to understand black people better, they need to understand what their job description is. And it is not in their job description to sit on a Hispanic male's head while they're arresting them 
that city market on Friday. It's not within their job description to pepper spray a 12-year-old black girl as they're trying to uh, disperse crowds at city market on Friday. It's not within their job description to, to tase a white man while he has his hands up. It's not within their job description to be pushing white women down to the ground. So those specific, it's specific things that have happened at city market on Fridays and that have happened at uh, the Back the Blue rally uh, that happened, that took place, that even if you gave somebody 10,000 hours of black training, it's not going to help them because they assaulted a white person. If you gave them 10,000 hours of training in the, on the west side of Rockford, it's not going to help them because they assaulted somebody downtown in Rockford. If you gave them 10,000 hours of training with people with dreadlocks, it's not going to matter because they assaulted a white person with short hair, you know? And so I think that is very important. And again, when we talk about things like defunding the police, when we talk about things like uh, demilitarizing the police, those concepts have nothing to do with just race, you know? Those, and that's one of the things that white people have used and have tried to uh, weaponize is this concept that more white people numerically get killed by police officers or have bad interaction with police officers than black people do numerically. Percentage-wise, it's not even close. You know, we have it more. But numerically, it does happen with white people uh, at, a, at a higher number. So some of these concepts that the, that the uh, mayor and the police chief have put out about trying to fix issues with just with the black community or with the west side of Rockford, Again, it's a half-truth. It's disingenuous because it don't matter how well you get to know somebody if when you kill somebody, you don't have any kind of uh, consequences to come from it. You, uh, yeah, I want to understand. Yeah, I think um, you need to give us a timer. <laughs> no. Um, it's, kind of, it's a free-flowing conversation. No, that, so that's... We didn't want to have like a debate. Like five percent. minutes. Yeah. Is a yeah. No, and, 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 that's, and that's facts. Um, everything that, that, that Leslie said, that's why um, my goal... Um, when it comes to, you know, Blazy and I, Rock for Youth in Action, having these meetings um, with, you know, the mayor and with the police department, we're not only talking about, you know, being, you know, happy-go-lucky with the police department and establishing relationships, but we're also trying to figure out ways where we can better be policed, you know what I'm saying, and in ways where we can better be governed as it relates to, you know, our, our city just in general. And, you know, it, it does get off topic a lot. Um, it does, we, we, I do have to drive the conversation often as it relates to, you know, okay, we've talked about this, but this is what I asked. You know what I'm saying? For example, for example, let's just say body cams. You know what I'm saying? Well, we can go from talking about body cams to be talking about something, you know what I'm saying, all the way off topic over here. But then it's like, no, my question was body cams. I want to know where are you at with body cams? You know what I'm saying? Uh, when do you think that this is going to be implemented? Blah, 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 this, that, and the third. So, I mean, in addition to, that was a long way of me saying that, yes, in addition to working on, uh, you know, the police department building a relationship with the community and the community with the police department, vice versa. We are also working on ways where, uh, ways and things that we can um, fight for as it relates to our own community's police department and as it relates to the policies, procedures, and laws, um, you know, that, that are set forth before us for the city of Rockford. You know what I'm saying? So... And and this is me. This is me speaking directly to, and it's it's, it's not any any group or organization in, in particular. But this is me speaking directly to um, the the idea that we 
are or that the goal is to be used or for us to be used or for us to be just this 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 puppet or played with or something like that. Look, I didn't I didn't come to be played with. You know what I'm saying? This is this is this is my life here. You know what I'm saying? This is not only my life. This is my brother's life. This is my other brother right here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and and we I, I I I want I want a future. You know what I'm saying? I want a future for my family. I want a future for my children. The last thing that I want for them to have to to, to deal with is the issue of racism. You know what I'm saying? My my mom dealt with it. My grandparents dealt with it. Their grand their grandparents dealt with it. At some point, you got to ask yourself when is enough enough. You know what I'm saying? At, at some point, you have to ask yourself, when is it when is it time to change the narrative and how and how how minute how minute can I get when it comes to changing the narrative? Because we can we can we can do things radically. You know what I'm saying? We can change things, big things like that. But it also boy, what 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 it dunes down to is you you have to be willing to change things on on. Uh, the you know what I'm saying the 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 minute the min the minute level, which even could be translated into your very own actions. You know what I'm saying. So can you, can you touch on that a little bit more? So if I can say it like this, and again, you know, it's it's nothing against anybody's you know uh, feelings or 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 you know what I'm saying their their emotion or or their way of doing things or wanting to you know get their point across, but. I'm a, I'm the type of person who sit backs and I I sit back and I analyze and I watch things as they transpire so that I can learn, you know, how how to better do things or better, you know, con conduct myself or, you know, find better solutions to the equation. Whatever however you want to say it. Right, you, you like you, you sit back you observe. Right. See how so you so maneuver it a little bit better than the person in front of you. Right. And um, so and so with that being said, you know, you you you're faced with this question related to racism if this is already how they view you if they're anticipating if they're expecting if they're waiting for you to act this way if you're already labeled before you even get in their face why turn around and do it why give them why give them the satisfaction to be like aha i was right you know what i'm saying so if I'm talking about myself, if you you can hear, well, not not even myself, but all three of us, we're 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 very well, we we are very well spoken African American males, correct? So the average the the, the average white man talking to me on the phone, they would have they would have no idea that I was black until I started using slang. You know what I'm saying? So so it's 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 what it really boils down to, what it really dwindles down to is me just wanting to do things different the best way that I could, the best way that I knew how. And that's me acknowledging the fact that one, all I can do is all I can do. And all I can do is control myself. And in controlling myself, if I have the influence or the ability to move somebody in a direction that's more beneficial than the way, than the path that they are on or if it even looks that way then i'm gonna do it you know no, I can i can i tie just just, just I, I won't take time just like let's say a minute but um i i started um when we started our group together i really liked um anthony because my perspective of dealing with issues it's not just based on African-Americans and I always remind him I'm like hey Anthony you remember 
that I don't represent African Americans. I represent black people in general. Black people. If I move to United Kingdom, I will do the same. You know, we are black people. If I go back to Kenya, hey, it's us, us black people. So I don't see the, this term police. You know, a cop's become a cop when he has his uniform. And then when he goes back home, he's a white, he's a racist white man or woman, you know? So it kind of worries me because now even black police officers are being attacked just because they are being police officers. So, well, if that's the problem, then there should, no, they, they, they should be no police in the whole planet. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of people who are more satisfied with the police uh, with, with the police department being around close to them because they will call them if there's a problem, blah, 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 many, many things. They will do these things just to make police officers get involved into their life. All right? So that's why I'm, I'm reminding you guys. It's about relationship. How are we going to teach them? I know, I know it will take time, as Leslie said. We, we, you should not go out there and um, take pictures or blah, blah, blah. How, how, how are you going to... Um, how are you going to take it if you're taking pictures with police officers who will pull over kids after 20 years and stuff like that? You know, they're being taught to be racist in their houses, their home. You know, when they tell them don't date a black man, black people are lazy, black people are gangsters, they sell drugs, stuff like that. And then black people on the other side, I have to be honest, I'm a black man. I was raised like that, like that at some point. People are like judging me for having a black, uh, for having a white woman, you know. So I was th I was there, and I'm like I'm reminding people, we should never ever ever get tired. We have to keep fighting, but not with insults, not with threats, not with not with stones, rocks, whatever, because that will never win. White people will. What's a stone or a rock? Yeah, hold on, me, let me shield. let me say something. But I, 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 go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Before, thing, before you do that, because I see, I I, I kind of wanna. Move the conversation yeah, just, a tad, yeah, no, just a tad, yeah, yeah. but it's still staying on topic. Okay, um, so how do we eliminate the problem of social injustice? How do we uh, alleviate hate, and how do we stop the brutalization of our people by law enforcement? First of all, we have to admit that this is this is a new planet. We have to admit that. Like there's some things that have already happened and we have to admit that these things are here and they're here and they're going nowhere. Slavery happened. Racism, it's here. Hate, it's here. All these labels, they're already here. The first thing we have to admit. The second thing, we have to remember that we will have problems dealing with these issues. We will have problems. We can't just wake up in the morning and say, okay, from now we don't want racism. It's, we want it to be gone. No, we have to admit that this is a step, like a baby step, because for you to teach somebody not to be racist, you don't force him. You know, it's like marriage. If you don't, if I don't love you, even if we, if we stay together for like a hundred years and I don't love you, I don't love you, you know? So it's like you admit, and then you admit that this is a tough process to deal with. And then the second step is like, let's start and then let's keep trying. And then if we fall down, let's remind ourselves, okay, there's a problem here. Let's see how we can deal with that problem. Like it's, a, it's a slow process. We will die, our kids will die, our grandkids might die, and we will still have these problems, but we, we, we have hope that with what we're doing, there's a light, and one day things will change. And 
I know there's a lot of problem, but I know you can see the difference on how the world is reacting towards racism. I was so shocked when I saw, I, I saw thousands of white people going to the street during George Floyd's death just to show their anger, which was not there back in the 60s. Right, that's, well, no, 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 that's not, that's incorrect, yeah. There's always been FOBs, there's always been friends of blacks, yeah, Quakers, yeah, yes, you know yeah, what I'm saying? But, they've but, always been around, and but, they always get the, the worst. The freedom yeah, rides was yeah, more yeah, white yeah, people yeah, than black people. But <laughs> think about this, this is the whole planet. You know, everybody was like showing their emotions. I know back in the days it was just in America. We had we had it all over the world. Yeah. Like people are and like even kids are understanding right now that racism is bad. But back in the days they didn't know that because nobody was willing to talk about it. We used to have labels that say that only whites only. Right now you cannot find that. Actually, right now people appreciate Black Lives Black Lives Matter science compared to anything else. I saw the other one was like vandalized the other day, and. They washed it just to show how much they're willing to sacrifice on like fighting for rights of black people. So as much as things look as much as things looks very bad out here, there's a there's a tiny percentage that there's hope. There's something. Can I see let me see? Yeah. Uh, I think that and I think I think one of the things that we should uh, also do too is make sure that we are anchoring this with Rockford. And I think that some of the things that have, uh, some of the, the disconnections and some of the uh, miscommunication comes when things don't get anchored around uh, the city of Rockford. And I think that uh, to go back to the, uh, to the question that you asked uh, specifically, uh, one of the things that, again, the police department and the Winnebago County Sheriff's Department and the Rockford Police Department and the state's attorney and Mayor Tom McNamara, they have all done the best that they can do to continue to push the blaze of racism and push the fire of racism by being, uh, by being quiet about these issues and by standing to the side about these issues and by trying to be politically correct and toe the line when it comes to these issues. Uh, Martin Luther King said it uh, best that the worst enemy for black people in getting their rights uh, wasn't the Ku Klux Klaner or wasn't the person that was part of the white citizens council. It was the, it was the white moderate and the white liberal who were quiet and who stood to the side when it was time to step up and when it was time to have a voice and when it was time to, uh, to, for a better, for, for lack of a better term, to wage war when it came to some of these issues. And I think that that's something that has happened consistently in Rockford. Uh, the chief of police came in uh, earlier this year and talked about discarding 17-year-olds and 18-year-olds, and uh, he never was made to uh, recant that statement. He doubled down onto that statement. That emboldens uh, racists in, uh, in the city of Rockford. That does not make it uh, less likely for people to be racist. Uh, the same concept goes with what's been going on with uh, what took place at the Back to Blue rally. Uh, the mayor didn't come out and speak out against the Back to Blue rally. Uh, the state's attorney didn't come out and speak out against the, Black to the Back to Blue rally. And the concept of Back to Blue and the Blue Lives Matter is a racist concept. It's a politicized concept and it was made in direct contrast to Black Lives, to the Black Lives Matter movement. It wasn't made on the side of it. It wasn't made before it. It was made as a response to it. Mm -hmm. The Black Lives Matter movement is not a political movement. Uh, the Black Lives Matter movement is a humanitarian movement. Uh, nobody chooses to be black. You're born black. People choose to be police officers. The chief of police went and he, he, uh, 
he participated in the Back the Blue rally. He spoke on news camera out there at the Back the Blue rally. And anybody who can, anybody who's ever looked at the comments of the people who say things like Back the Blue or the people who uh, say things like Blue Lives Matter, it's not a coincidence that those people have uh, highly, highly racist and highly prejudiced and highly biased uh, belief patterns and thought and uh, thought patterns. And so when the chief of police goes to something that to me, in my opinion, is a white nationalist rally, that does not make uh, racism in your city uh, less likely to happen. It makes it more likely to happen. It makes it more emboldened. When that same, when those same people at that rally, when one of the people who uh, uh, does the back the blue that's there for the Back to Blue rally, assaults a woman and steals her flag, and steals a flag that she brought, steals her property, and, and eight to 10 Winnebago County officers and Rockford police officers assist the white man that's stealing that from her, and she was a white woman, assist her, assist that man in stealing that, those things go to embolden racism. That white man did not leave there uh, less likely to be racist after being at that rally where the chief of police attended and that the mayor never spoke out against. He left there more, more emboldened. He went onto his Facebook and he made a, a post, a live post in which he said he uh, he called the young uh, the young woman a bitch and he said that the law enforcement helped him in uh, taking that flag from her. Okay, that emboldens racism. Again, the same the same thing goes for the comments. The Tom McNamara sees the comments that's in the WIFR and WREX and Rafa Register Star and WTVO's live feeds. He's not the. It's no way that he's the only person in the world in the uh, city of Rafa who doesn't see those things. He see the, he sees those things. He has never at any point when he's got up and spoken uh, at any of these, uh, whether it's a conference or. Uh, whether it's at somebody's rally or whether it's uh, just making a live video. He's never spoken out against those comments that those people make. He's never spoken out against the atmosphere or the culture that the uh, this, the Blue Lives Matter rally and the Both the Blue rally has brought to the city. He has stayed quiet on those things. And staying quiet on those things in 2020 is condoning those things. We're in a place now where it is either condonement or condemnation when it comes to these racist issues and when it comes to some of these uh, social injustice issues. And again, I think using the word social, social justice is a political term. Uh, we're not de we're not dealing with social injustice or trying to get social justice. We're dealing with oppression. We're dealing with exploitation. We're dealing with violation of human rights, basic human rights, not even going into civil rights, basic human rights. Uh, and to call it, to try to use a, a political term to gloss over those things or to use a word that's uh, more sugar-coated, it does, it does no justice. It does an injustice. Uh, what the police department in Rockford, Illinois, and the Winnebago County Sheriff's Department does is not social injustice. It's oppression, it's exploitation, it's assault, and it's violation of, of human rights. And it should be phrased in, in, in those specific words so that way people know what it is that they're dealing with because it's an amb ambiguity that's come with social justice. Donald Trump can say that he's for social justice. Chief O'Shea can say that he's for social justice because it never gets into the minutia of what's happening for people to be asking for social justice. The uh, mayor, Tom McNamara, can get up and say that he's for social justice and he does and that and he can say that and it never gets into the fact that he is the mayor of a city that again pulls black people over three times as often as they pull over white people in a city where it's triple the amount of white people than it is black people 
uh, that is not something that is difficult to fix. That is not something that is difficult to change. It's something uh, DWB is something that has been going on for as long as it's been cars and it's been black people in America. And any mayor or any police chief or any anybody in any position of power that has ever wanted to stop people getting pulled over for driving while black, all they got to do is ask for the monthly statistics or the quarterly statistics for the uh, people getting pulled over and start telling they the police officers in that city to stop pulling people over of color at the rate that they're pulling people over of color. That is not a difficult thing to do. It's not a, a, a complicated thing to do, but it's something that when you are part of a white power structure, it does not behoove you to do. Uh, it behooves you to have black people getting pulled over more often. It behooves you to have more black people into going into that court because it's a known fact that black people have less resources. They have uh, less uh, They have less economic uh, opportunity, so they're more likely to cop a plea uh, and to keep your, uh, your conviction right high. They're more likely to violent to uh, cop a plea and take that community service. They're more likely to cop a plea, end up on probation or parole, and then they got to go back into a community where crime is at a at a high clip. And then again, a high clip. And again, since they're black, they have a more likely chance of getting pulled over. So now they have a more likely chance of violating that probation or parole and ending up deeper in the system than they were when they first got uh, when they first got pulled over, when they first had their rights violated, or when they were first uh, wrongly uh, stopped by somebody because of the color they skin or the neighborhood that they live in. So, as again, as important as it is to talk about these overall arching themes of social justice or these overall arching themes of getting rid of racism or these overall arching themes of uh, getting rid of uh, prejudice uh, in America or in the world as a whole, as Blazy was speaking on, it's important that we speak on specifically what's going on in Rockford because we are, we're in Rockford, and before we can change anything in Illinois or in America or in the world, we're going to have to start by changing some of the things that's going on in Rockford. And the things that are in the, the racism that is in Rockford and that is prevalent in Rockford, that racism is there because elected officials have allowed it to be there. Uh, and that racism is there because police depart, police officers have allowed it to be there. Uh, the chief of police has allowed it to be there. The Winnebago County Sheriff has allowed it to be there. And then, again, when Blazy speaks on, uh, about uh, black people being police officers and then them being insulted or whatever because they're black and they're police officers. Uh, I think that, and again, when Blazy speaks on speaking for black people and not speaking for uh, African-Americans, me, myself, I don't consider myself African-American. I consider myself a black man in America. I, uh, and I think that that's vastly different from being an African-American. Maybe Will Smith or Jaden Smith or somebody who has a, a different set of economic circumstances Circumstances and lives in a different neighborhood uh, or a different city to me consider considers themselves African Americans. Uh, I don't consider myself that. I consider myself a black man in America, and as a black man in America, I know that you do a dis you do a disservice to your people and an injustice to your people if you decide to be a black person and to be become a police officer because you take place in a system that has historically and still to this day uh, benefits off the exploitation of black people, benefits off the oppression of black people. And that is not something that one person within a system can fix. If I say this all the time, if right now every black officer in the Rockford Police, every uh, officer in the Rockford Police Department and the Winnebago County Sheriff's Department woke up and they was all 
black. They would still have to be part of exploiting black people, of oppressing black people. They still would be meeting quota, be trying to meet quotas and uh, delivering policies that exploit and oppress black people. So, uh, yes, if you are black and you put on that uniform, it is going to be black people who are knowledgeable and understanding of their place in history and understanding of what historically a black person part of some of these systems has done. And people will tell you it's black overseers that was worse than the white overseer or that was worse than the white master. It's black politicians that have done worse for uh, black people than white politicians have done. It's black police officers, black state's attorney. The district, the district attorney in uh, Louisville, right in Kentucky right now, where Breonna Taylor is at, he's black and he's allowing out her killers to continue to walk free. So yes, if you are black and you opt into this system, it is going to be black people who are going to uh, who are going to bring that to your uh, bring that to your doorstep as often as possible. Yeah. I'm going to let you guys respond, and then we do have to wrap up. For sure. Okay. For sure. No, um, but so so facts. If I can um, kind of put my two cents in Please. as it relates to the the question that you asked, um, how how can we eliminate the problem of you know so social justice, racism, hate, and the, you know, brutalization of our people in, in the community. First things first, if I heard both of y'all correctly, uh, one, we have to do what seems like the simplest but hardest task, and that is to acknowledge the fact that there's a problem. That's number one. We can't even get there. Okay. I, I, think, mean, I think we as we as people, we 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 they can't they agree. right that's so let's, let's yeah clear you, that up. we gotta they 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 they, yeah, they, they gotta they <laughs> <laughs> gotta acknowledge the fact that there's a problem and and then and then they have to they have to identify with it you know what I'm saying because it affects all of us it don't just it, some the, the the young man Logan said it very 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 clearly if I can if I can say it like that. He said it very clearly at our rally on Saturday. He said he said a problem, uh, racism is not a problem of uh, of of them or us. It is a problem of and. If I'm quoting her, cor- quoting him, sorry, correctly, racism is a problem of and. It hates everybody the same. So, with that being said, we all. So 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 I, I said we. I said they. We all have to not only identify with the fact that there's a problem, but we we sorry acknowledge the, with the fact that there's a problem. We have to identify it, identify with it, and then in 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 terms of moving forward, we have to start having those having those like like what we've been doing. You know what I'm saying? We have to have those 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 hard conversations so that we can so that we can understand and, and figure out what we can do as it relates. To, to the people who reside in this community in and of itself, we got to figure out what we can do because at the end of the day, if this is a democracy, if this is a democracy like we say that it is, then we should be in charge of, of, of the way that we live, right? Right or wrong. So with that being said, these meetings and you, you know I understand I understand you know what I'm saying um, uh, RYA and and the May 30th Alliance, but these meetings, I, I, I feel like it is important for all members of the community, not just black people, but black people specifically, I feel like it's important for us to be there because even though we don't have anything yet, even though everything is still being talked about and and things are being put in place and we don't have a definite date, even though we don't have that, I still feel like it is important for members of our community, especially members of the black community to be there because at the end of the day, this is going to affect them. This is going to be for them. 
You know what I mean? These policies, these procedures, these laws, these, you know what I'm saying? These these new methods of training and stuff like that, that, that we're trying to get implemented into the police department. Me and Blazy don't want to be the only ones sitting in these in the room talking about it. You know what I'm saying? Because and I and I'm gonna be complete. I'm gonna be 100 percent transparent with you. My last my name again, and I, I've said it before. My name is Anthony Ford Jr. If you don't know who the forts are, look them up. Uh, we know who you. You are. know what I'm saying? So 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 so. <laughs> yeah. With that being said, I have done my absolute best to 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 the limits that I can to stay out of out of trouble when it comes to the police. You know what I'm saying? So now that now that I am in a position where it's like I haven't been in trouble, you know what I'm saying? I do have some kind of rapport with the city. Let me get in here and 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 see what I can do as it relates to my community. And if I can, if I can because it, it it's got to be a want. You know what I'm saying? If I can have other people be part of those, you know what I'm saying, discussions, be part of those meetings because again, I'm in there talking about how I want to be governed. You feel me? I'm in there talking about how I want to be policed. I'm in there talking about what I want to see. But I'm just me. Right. He's just him. You know what I'm saying? So if we really want to see change, then we need to be in there talking about it too. It's true. Yeah. Did you want to say something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. so do you want me to wrap up now? No, no, no. I said, I said, do you want to say something? Oh, yeah, for sure. So it really sounds so uh, tough and unrealistic when we put it as a conversation because nobody wants to have a conversation because black people have been mistreated for hundreds of years and I'm telling you everybody every mostly every black person is not ready for a conversation they want actions they want it to happen and on the other side the reality is that white ra racist white people are like a lot millions and in order for us to make a change in a blink maybe we have to eliminate all of them and that's 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 nothing that cannot happen or if they want to eliminate black people problems then they should take all all black people out of the united states and that's not gonna happen so we will just keep jumping around jumping around and i'm so surprised i'm so surprised i don't want to mention anything with politics but i was so shocked i was so shocked with american elections one time because i did not expect that and I was like, well, people have rights to do whatever they want. They have a right to choose whoever they want. And they will always remain like that. But how are we going to work together, even if we have different um, ideas, we have different stands, we have different perspectives of how people should live in the planet? So that's where we have a problem. And racist white people will always say that black people are like acting, how do you call it? Like, not, right. not even ghetto. Like we have enough, we have everything, but we're still crying entitled yeah like we want we, we, we don't we don't like uh we don't want to work hard so they're calling us lazy you're lazy and we have everything like yeah and then they always tell us that you know racism cannot make you unsuccessful you know things like that that's how they see us that's how right. they see us and us we're like no you guys are blocking us from uh from getting whatever we should get because of how you guys while you guys treat treat us and then it affects our because I, uh -huh. I, I hear what you're saying right I hear what you're saying, but then I see your actions doing something different. I see that you're saying that you're trying to hold them accountable, yep. but at the exact same time, I hear you saying that it's all about a relationship on how we should foster a relationship with the police. Yes. I'm not really hearing 
police accountability. Yeah, I'm well, really hearing, you should come to the meetings. Well, I'm not really hearing those type of things. That, that's, that's kind of like what they So do you want us to tell you, do you want us to tell you the thing that we came up with, with our, in our meetings? No, if you, if you would like. If, so, you, if you would like. No, no, no. I want, bro, you got to hear what he's saying, bro. Uh -huh. like, like let him break it down for you. Mm -hmm. Go go ahead. Bro. Yeah, cuz you cuz you're not you're saying you're saying they're doing wrong, but it's like it's falling back on us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like don't act like this so they don't treat you like that. Yeah. Well, what about the guy that didn't act like that and got treated like this? That got treated the exact same way. Kind of back to Leslie's point when he said it's not just they're going out there against blacks or African Americans. It's a system that's corrupt. You know what I'm saying? So maybe we need to go in and fix the system because, like, like while Anthony was saying, we we can agree that there's an issue, mm -hmm. and the problem is they don't see that there's an issue. They don't see that what they're doing is wrong. They don't have a problem yep. sitting around just talking to us. Yep. The problem is is taking that ink and that pen and putting it to some reform yep. and putting some. Some accountability to it. Mm -hmm. That is the problem. We so much. It's almost like we're victim blaming. Like, do we blame? Do we blame uh, someone who got raped? I have or an do we answer. Blame the yeah, I have an answer for you for that. So they're doing that <clears throat> because I'm gonna say because they feel like us also we're not willing to understand why they're doing it. They're feeling like they are feeling like we are all, we are also ready to attack. You know. We are. Well, can yeah. I respond? Can, can, can I? I know we got to wrap it up. I, can I, I respond? Can say my Yeah. Well, can I? Can I? Can I say? Can I? I want to respond off camera. All right. As a woman who has been assaulted by RPD for a vacated warrant, you know I've had my rights with completely taken away from me by three male officers. You know what I'm saying? All I was doing was going home to get my son. You know what I'm saying? So what action could I have done to have prevented that when I took care of the warrant and my plates was up to date and I'm doing the speed limit, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. The problem is they're not being held accountable. Do you know I got charged with two counts of assaulting a police officer because they had me hog tied on the ground and I must have kicked one of them and I must have squeezed one of their hands. But this is after they jumped me, three male officers. This is after they jumped me. So they're not being, I got charged. Those officers didn't get nothing, nothing, not a slap on the wrist. They can't pull me over, whoop-de-doo. So they're not being held accountable for that. Or you call the Rockford Police Department and they show up and you go to jail. You call them to come help you and you go to jail. Like you have to understand like on a one on one perspective where people are coming from when it comes to Rockford Police Department. Right. Because I'm not the only one with a story. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so that's the problem. Bro. So yeah. I, well, want you, I, I get it. I want you to do both. All right. Cause, cause, cause you and this this is this you know what I'm saying. I see it. So this so so you throughout the course of throughout the course of like the the interview like you've been talking a lot about relationships i'm trying to touch on both cuz we're not just we are we are trying to establish relationships between the community and the police department that's true but at the same time that's not the purpose of us having our meetings either you know what i'm saying like our meet we we are there you know what i'm saying and we are trying to 
have conversations that that are related to better policing we are trying to have you know conversations related to accountability for police officers yeah, yeah. you know I what i'm saying it. stuff like that training how how can you better do your job because the truth of the matter is just like she said bro to to a certain to a certain extent bro we do fuck up as black people but police do it way more than black people yeah. do bro they 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 really do so so there is there is a point in time where we do want we do want people not just black people but people to take accountability for their actions but this is not one of those times bro because as you can see and as you've seen very clearly that there are times where you as a black man bro can be doing absolutely nothing and i'm feel i feel for her when she's when she's talking bro because i've I, i've experienced it before you could be doing absolutely nothing and still and still be treated well, as if you were nothing yeah so you know? so hear my point this problem will always stay here forever unless both sides admit we will never get over it they will protect themselves we black people will always say okay you did this to me forever like right now the cops are just like Maybe, maybe there's a police somewhere waiting to stop a black person. And then there's a black person somewhere who's just watching for the police car. That's how it is. So how are we going to stay like that? And I, today I'm, I'm very sorry, but I'm going to talk as a human being. People don't, like when people, people don't like when I say it like that because they want me to be like, yo, you're black. Okay, you're black. Good. Yeah, I'm a black, but yeah. I, at the same time, I'm a human being. Right. We have to build a common ground where everybody has to admit that we have to do this together. The cops has, the police have to be in these conversations and African-Americans have to understand, okay, we have, a, we, have, we have a misunderstanding between us and it's gonna take us a while to kind of get over it because we, don't, we will not have medicine in the name of like fighting it because this is something that you have to deal with people's souls and their hearts. If I hate you, man, I hate you. Even if I give you million dollars, I will still hate you. Yeah, you, but the law can be set up in a way that it will oh, give you less yeah, likely. Yeah, yeah, you can, well, yeah. the law can be set up like that, but what's the reality of it right now? So the reality is this, is that in, a, in my world, what I would like to see happen, oh, yeah, let me see because I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, advocate for everybody working together, everyone being in their lane. If y'all were echoing what they were saying in your meetings, that's called collaboration. You know what I'm saying? That that's called coming together, finding common ground. I don't agree with everything that they're doing, but I do agree with A, D, and F. I agree with these things. So these are the things I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to publicly come out and say that hey, I don't agree with you guys doing this, doing this. We need to do this. That's counterproductive. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because we, at the end of the day, we all want the police to be held accountable. We want to feel, we want to be safe, and we don't want to feel as if we have overseers watching us our every move. Yeah. Can we? We can agree to that, correct? Yeah, right. All right. No, I'm just gonna say my closing statements, then I'll be done. I, I wanna, like I said, I wanna just try to, just I try to keep it short. I can be long-winded. I just wanna try to, I can try to touch on, <laughs> touch on a few different things. I think one thing, you know, I understand uh, where Blazy comes from when he says uh, he's speaking as a human being. I think that uh, what maybe he needs to, uh, what maybe the disconnect is that maybe I, I would like for him to understand is that 
in America, you were seen as black before you were seen as a human being. Yeah. And so I can never speak as a human being first as long as I'm in America. Maybe if I go somewhere else, that's a luxury that I can be given. But I know that here, my son, before my son is ever seen as a human being, he's going to be seen as a black man, you know. And the same, and that's the, uh, another one of the reasons why uh, I think that the Afro, I, I equate the word, uh, the concept of African-American is similar to I equate what I can assume they equated Negro to meant uh, at a certain time is because uh, this concept of being African-American, uh, the word American, you should be entitled to being treated like an American. Uh, black people in America do not get treated as Americans. Uh, their issues that they speak on, the problem. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They don't get, you know, you don't get treated like that. Uh, if white women were out uh, protesting about uh, abortion laws, there would be no black people out there heckling them as they're protesting about abortion laws. If when uh, if a, a, a crew of white LGBTQ protesters, let's say they just were all white, uh, or they just were protesting about white LGBTQ uh, uh, members and the, the injustices that they face, you would not see a group of black people coming out there to uh, heckle them or to be counter protesters to them. Uh, and as far back as you can go, anytime black people in America speak out against something, there is a segment of America who comes out to be hecklers or to be counter protesters to them speaking out against those things. Uh, that's un-American. Anytime black people try to uh, use their right to assemble, their right to protest, Protest, people come out and they speak out against those things. Those things, that's those things are un-American. So uh, I think that is very important, and that's one of the reasons why I don't sit in a meeting with the police department. Why I haven't uh, sat in multiple meetings with the mayor? Why I haven't sat in multiple meetings with certain elected officials is because those officials want you to come to the table and want you to talk to them as human beings because that's the that's the interaction that they feel. That's the interaction that they have when they go out into the world. Uh, that's not the, even to some of the black police officers. I've seen white racist people interact with these black police officers because they see that they they don't they see the uniform before they see their skin, before they see them as people. And so I think that it's very important that we cannot be compromising, that we cannot be uh, in a place where we're willing to give any uh, where we're willing to give any like we A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, all the way to Z. Each one of those things have to be addressed and they have to start being uh, actively working on being fixed or people are going to continue to be out in the streets and people are going to continue and it's important that when people are out in the streets that people do things in different ways and that everybody don't agree with those ways it's important that when we're out there that it is polarizing it's important that traffic gets stopped it's important that the city loses money at city market it's important that uh bars that have been deemed to have racist uh, cultures lose money it's important that the people are coming to the mayor's house. It's important that aldermen feel like people can come to their house or the chief O'Shea think that people may visit him out of town where he lives at. It's important that state's attorney might think people will come and visit them where they live at because that's the issue, that they've never been held accountable. They've never been responsible for their actions. Their police officers can do whatever. And it's the, just like she, how she just said, nothing happened to them officers for doing that. Them officers can go and do that to somebody else in two or three days. And so as important as it is to sit down at a table and to have conversations and dialogue and trust me, I got nothing but an inbox of people telling me we should sit down and have conversations and dialogue. It makes no, it's, it, you get nowhere if you sit down to have 
to have a conversation and have a dialogue with somebody and they're coming in that just to talk to you and then to be done with you. Yeah. You get nowhere no, if no. you come in and have a conversation with somebody and they think that in that conversation that they're going to get you to stop doing what it is that you're doing in the streets. You know what I'm saying? And, so. that, and that right there, that right there is the reason why we keep, that's the reason why we keep going. That's the reason why we keep, oh, sorry. That right there is the reason why we keep going. That's the reason why we keep having these meetings. And like I to 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 you know further my point as it relates to what I said earlier. That's why I find myself in a position more oftentimes than none where I'm driving the conversation at these meetings because it is very easy. You know what I'm saying? It's very easy to go in there and, and start talking and get off topic and be talking about something completely different than what you came in there to talk about. You know, that that's that's why I'm, I'm driving the conversation. When we leave the meetings, I'm like, all right, y'all, what are our calls to action? When I come back, I w I'm going to ask where are we at with this? You know what I'm saying? What's our timeline yeah. with this? Blah, blah, blah. And if I can say, if I can say, if I can say this, this is why Blazy and I, even, even after receiving some of the uh, backlash, backlash mm -hmm. that we have received from um, your own people, our own people or 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 even or even the following of 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 other people that's why we still we still want to work with you know what i'm saying said groups because at the end of the day and i said it already i can't the only thing that i can do is go in there and speak for myself and speak for the things that I want to see and the things that Blazey and I want to see as an organization. But as far as what other groups want, you feel me? We need y'all there too. Yeah. So if you if you're if you're if you're up for it, if you're if you're you know interested in being part of uh, the 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 reform as well, because because I'm not telling you that you can't do both. You can come to the the, the protests, the demonstrations, or you can come to the yeah. meetings. It don't matter because guess what? At the end of the day, we got the same goal. Yeah. I'm trying to eliminate racism. I'm trying to fight for a better future. I'm trying to create a better future for my kids, for my family, the same way that Leslie is. You know what I'm saying? So, as and this is me talking to this is me talking to those who are trying to pit. Leslie and his following and and Rockford Youth Abolitionists and their following and Blazy and I and, and Rockford Youth in Action against each other. I'm not against none of them. Blazy is not against anybody. And I, from our conversation last night, Leslie has made it clear that he's not against us. You know what I'm saying? We might disagree with, 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 with our methods and our tactics, but we got the same goal, you know? And if it comes to a point where we're able to communicate so that we can advocate for the other groups that are out there putting, you know what I'm saying, the work in on the streets, great. Let's do that. Because, again, all I can do is say what comes up here. All he can do is say what pops up here. Right. And I, and I appreciate both organizations. Yeah, I'll wrap it up. Yeah, so, yeah, my last words are just, like, very simple. <laughs> this is a long journey. It's tough. And I like that many people are showing up just to keep on fighting which is very great. And I do appreciate all the groups in Rockford, first thing, um, RIA. Well, it ended up that we kind of got the same acronym and we want to change it for sure. I was no, like, we do, we definitely yeah, want to change it. Because because 
other people have been other people have been asking us, hey, are you guys members of RYA? I'm like, no, but your group is Rockford Youth in Action, so we're gonna do that. Anyway, but this is a long journey, and we have to sweat. We need we need we all need to help each we, other. Yeah, we, we'll have we to need sweat. to help each other. And um, before you make any judgment, I think it's it's wise to go and approach somebody and ask him, why are you doing this? And tell me more about it. Like, I really, really appreciate when Leslie organized this. I was like, oh, a lot of people are like saying very negative things to us. Not a lot, a few, few of them. Enough. Just enough. Mm -hmm. But again, majority were like, yo, bro, you guys, you're doing the great thing, you know? So it was like on a two-way sense. And let's learn, each let's learn from each other. Let's try to be close to each other. Let's ask each other's question. Let's put our minds together. Let's think of working together as a way of fixing problems. If we work in small groups, we're going nowhere. Have you ever heard the saying that says that ships that are that are like dispersed, they are very hard to control compared to the ship that are like together. Mm -hmm. And I know other groups don't understand us because they've never asked us anything. They just saw us on social media. Blah, 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 blah. So yeah, let's think about that and uh, we'll keep on working and we'll keep on moving forward. And in future, if they want to talk to us, they're more welcome to do so. Well, I would like to thank both uh, May 30th Alliance and also Rockford Youth in Action for coming on today. I am the I am hyphen X. Uh, this has been a great conversation. And I also want to just leave you guys with a final thought that it doesn't matter what you do, just make sure that you're doing something and it's for the benefit of your people. Always remember that you don't always have to agree to have a great conversation. Peace. Okay. All right. <sighs>